I think in every MBA interview, right, the college interview, people who are applying get asked this like are asked this question, right? Why MBA, right? And I think most people prepare an answer for that question, but the answer is more fundamental, uh, and it is a mix of confusion and aspiration. And what CAT does is CAT does filtering very well. So it says, hey, I'm going to bring these peers who are all wonderful in their own ways. together through this filtering mechanism of cat right whereas what we are we believe at stoa is it shouldn't be filtering it should be curation how can i get 25 most interesting people together irrespective of where they fall on the spectrum of their cat scores Hey guys, welcome back to DFTL. My name is Noah Martins and if this is your first episode, this is a platform where I interact with the people I like to call society's exceptions. I am talking entrepreneurs, business leaders, even celebrities and comedians. Basically people who are living lives very different from the norm. I try to understand how they think and what motivates them. So if you think that's something you'd be interested in, do click that subscribe button down below and join us on this journey. It would also be cool if you could follow us on social media at the DFTL podcast for some other fun content and small clips. Today's guests are Raj Kunkolyankar and Aditya Kulkarni, the founders of Stoa School, a company that's been all the buzz on Twitter over the last few months. This episode was recorded 2 months ago, so it reflects an older version of Stoa. The company has gone through a few changes since then what they are working on is super exciting so you can click the link down below to find out more about stoa school in this episode we discuss their individual journeys we discuss the earlier version of stoa and we also discuss the philosophy of why herd mentality exists in india as far as doing mbas or engineering is concerned it's it's really interesting to see how much they've thought about it and what the process of creating a startup is like from philosophical point of view so stick around till the end and let's get to the episode raj and aditya thank you so much for joining me hey no good to meet you let's answer the question that a lot of people probably have what is stoa school and why does it matter so stoa school in our mind is a 21st century business education institution which is mobile first uh, i think inherently uh, people want a gateway to prosperity and for I mean, and that gateway for most people is business education. I think everybody has an aspiration to sort of have that freedom to start their own business at some point of time. And at Stoa School, we just want to make that business education accessible for people to sort of, you know, take steps towards doing their own business or succeeding in business roles, whatever that may be. How did you let Let's explore your journey. So let's start with you, Aditya. Uh, what's your background like? How did you get to this point? Yes, yeah, so I graduated from Pilani in back in two thousand nine. Got into a coding job and uh, got bored in six months, right? And when we started thinking about Stoa School, that was the first thought, right? Relating back to, uh, I guess, so many of us get out of engineering, get into coding jobs, don't really enjoy it, and then we are looking for a something different, right? Something better. And I was exactly in that spot when I was uh, working back in Bangalore in two thousand ten. and just on a whim i resigned because i read an article uh, in uh, times of india saying bishop cotton which is one of the uh, popular schools in bangalore 
I think it had something like 400 seats at that point and 3,000 applications and parents were standing outside uh, the school waiting for the form to be released and all of this and that. So that was my first brush with, let's say, starting something on my own. Uh, resigned on a whim uh, and then practically sat on my ass for three months, right? Did nothing and then realized that maybe I'm not ready for this journey. So joined another company in Pune. Um, I wrote my CAC during that time and I was hoping that I'll crack uh, CAC. Did not work. Uh, got into Ami Shillong and I was very inclined to go to Ami Shillong because I thought, you know, uh, for two years I'll get to trek around <laughs> in Northeast. I mean, that is the sole purpose, right? There was no signaling, no nothing in that sort of thing in my mind. Uh, one of my seniors advised me against that. So joined another company in Pune, worked there for a year, then cracked CAD that particular year and then went to IAM Bangalore. Out of IAM Bangalore, I started a company called Learning Outcomes, ran that for three years, uh, had, had an exit uh, with Learning Outcomes. It was acquired by a company called Liga, then started another company called Baby On Board, where our thesis was to create health and education data on top of baby photos. Uh, it was a failure of epic proportions, I think. Uh, yeah. Going from a B2B company, doing sales and operations to building product, uh, that was a big jump for me, did not really work out. But the company was acquired by Round Glass, and at Round Glass, then I created India's first uh, social-emotional well-being curriculum for schools. So build the product team, build the sales team, uh, took it from concept to about 50 paid schools in 12 months. And then again, decided to pursue something on my own. And that that's and so that is again, from there to launch of Stoa School, it's another 12 months of journey. The earlier version of Stoa, it was known as Questo. Uh, and uh, at Questo, what we were trying to do is create online learning communities, help other people create online learning communities uh, so that so that was the earlier avatar of Stoa. Right. And Raj, what about you? What's your background like? Everything until you got to this point before starting Stoa. So uh, that's a long story. I think I'd like to get started from the point wherein uh, when growing up, I was pretty much excited and you know like really enchanted with the world of physics, astronomy, cosmology. And the only thing I knew uh, from the moment I was, you know, going into high school was that I wanted to become an astronomer. I wanted to become a physicist. And with that resolve, sort of got into bits, uh, took on uh, degree in physics. Right? Did not take an engineering degree. I I had absolutely zero exposure to the world of business, to entrepreneurship, so to say. I had a good understanding that I could put teams together, you know, I could uh, I could pick on a mission and get people to, you know, align themselves to take on a take on a mission. But yep, like absolutely no understanding of how things work in the real world. Uh, got out of college, applied for a bunch of PhD programs, uh, published a few papers in uh, quantum cosmology, but uh, for some reason did not manage to crack any PhD program. In fact, I had applied for, if I'm not mistaken, around 15 PhD programs in the US. Did not make it through any one of them. And at that point of time, I was left to wonder what I really want to, you know, take ahead. Uh, what I really want to do in the years to come. Because uh, the one thing that I knew, one thing that I thought I was good at, uh, that's physics. 
closed all the doors. You know, closed all its doors uh, at me. Hmm. 2016, I started uh, with helping a few kids here in Goa, right? Like learn high level mathematics and science while they were in high school. Uh, I realized I enjoyed teaching a lot and that is something I want to uh, spend the rest next few years doing. Um, and as I was teaching it, I had to of course spend for myself, I had to justify the investments that my parents had made in my education and uh, of course started charging people right, for, for that along with uh, a friend of mine. And uh, that was that was my first like attempt at running a business. Of course, we were pretty much scraping by uh, friends who were working in uh, cushy IT, uh, you know, startup jobs right out of college, were probably earning orders of magnitude more than what I was earning back uh, back back in the day. But I I liked what I was doing. Right, I liked uh, the space that I was in, and. Uh, I think what happened, what happened post that was that I got more and more inclined into the world of business. Uh, in fact, late that year, uh, I met someone who had store, sold uh, his startup to LinkedIn. Right, like uh, uh, a friend who had dropped by from the US, uh, bumped into him, realized that hey, there's this entire world of startups, you know, out there. Uh, realized about the crypto boom that was going on at that point of time. And uh, being a, a Bitsian, of course, like you're not really uh, foreigners when it comes to startups, right? Like you always hear some batchmate or the other who's cooked up uh, a thing of their own. So I was like, hey man, why don't I try this out? Why don't I mix education with, uh, you know, running a business, running a big business, a scalable business out of it. And uh, so, we decided to create like an AI based chatbot which will help you figure out the right learning resource uh, back in the day. And uh, I think at that point of time we failed at almost every, every aspect of building that into a you know, sustainable business. Uh, fast forward a few months, talked to many more people, got a lot of yarn and advice uh, on how to go about running a business could not digest all of it, right? So started our second venture, which is setting up an even bigger alternative learning space here in Goa. Did that for about uh, a good uh, good eight, 10 months before realizing that I don't really find myself comfortable in the offline space and that I was pretty much taken you know, by, by the internet and what, uh, how you could deliver education over the internet. Um, because Baidu's was taking off at that point of time, Unacademy was also on the right. So I had a good inkling that we could, uh, we could do something online. And uh, in, in late 2018, right, a good two years into the journey, I met a friend, another friend who told me, hey, hey man, why don't you just get on Twitter? You know, a lot of cool people uh, are on Twitter. That would be a good place for me to go out and talk. Got on Twitter. Um, Interestingly, bumped into this thing called Lambda School and uh, a new way of financing one's education that was income share agreement, ISAs. And uh, that, that really rang a bell in my mind. I was like, so yeah, there's this problem, right, of talented folks uh, who do not make it to the top tier institutes, be it IITs or BITS, 
I'm sure all of us have a lot of friends who fit, fit into that category. Uh, what I decided was, hey, I, I have the Gritsil network with me. I know a lot of people doing startups. Why don't I train people in jobs that startups really struggle to, you know, hire wealth for, right? Uh, solve for that pain point. And uh, after a few months of research, we realized that hiring web developers uh, was was a big was a big problem, right? Um, folks from top tier colleges would pretty much not be, you know, not be doing web development, they'd be doing software development, if anything. So there was a dearth of good web developers. Uh, and so we went to a few local colleges here in Goa, uh, picked up picked up a few people, said, hey, why why don't you learn web development? We will get you placed there. Forget your college, we will handle getting you placed there. Tied out a pilot and a good friend of mine, Sharman, joined me uh, in, in our adventure, right? He left his startup job in Bangalore, joined me while at it. And uh, we ran this for about four months, saw this going somewhere, success with the initial, <coughs> success with the initial batch. And uh, we decided to you know, finally build a venture out of this. So there we were from, I think, early 2019, uh, we, uh, till, till a few months ago, in fact, we, we pretty much took on a bigger batch, helped people get into break into product-driven startups in the Indian tech ecosystem, right? And while on this journey, learned a lot more about business, uh, we were finally attacking a problem that people wanted to pay us for, right? We were solving a real problem which could be monetized. And uh, in, in this entire journey, like of getting people to learn online, uh, right? I myself became a part of a lot of online learning one incidentally about building businesses in education itself, and uh, that is that is in fact where I met Aditya. We we started talking about India and uh, online education, and decided that it would be a great idea to join forces and work together. And uh, well, where we are, right? Where we are trying out what we're doing. It's to us. Okay, so tell me more about how you all met and how you all came up with, how you why you all decided to do this. So uh, when we met on the Transcend Network Slack, right, I had in fact uh, gone through a previous edition of the fellowship program that Aditya was undergoing at that point of time. Of course, it made natural sense for us to catch up because uh, we come from the same college, interested in the uh, same sector right tech uh, which is happy coincidence right and uh, we also realized at that point uh, that given what was going on this was i think this was in the middle of the whole covid scene right we, when we when we met we realized that we have a lot of commonalities in terms of how we look at education how we look at uh, the business of education and what uh, outcomes we personally Right, for, for each other. Uh, and I think this is super critical, right? The, the, the line, having alignment on all of these three things is uh, super critical, especially in education, because, well, um, as you know in India, the, the, the sort of education business, the, the spectrum on which you can build education businesses is pretty wide, right? And the, value, the way you can sell uh, education in India itself is, uh, is pretty wide. 
and uh, we realized that we, we were aligned on how we want to go out to the world any offering that we come up with and uh, that and, and at that point of time we realized that we should probably join together that we have complementary strengths like like that we can sort of put to good use by by working together uh, in the business of learning in communities right so that was the thesis that we had when we actually got started off working okay and then how does that lead to Stores. Uh, I I think I just add something interesting, right? So Raj and me, we haven't sure. personally met each other. I I I, I okay. don't think like uh, so. Uh, what ended up happening was Raj's team from Nova Sabeta, my team from Questo, and we all of sort of uh, started working together. And it's the COVID times, right? So I think we have people working in Mumbai, Gulf, Kolkata, uh, I don't know, Odisha, Bangalore, Goa, of course, and. Uh, na- I mean, of course, Raj has met his team, and I have met my team. Even the people I have hired, I've probably met them for a coffee in CCD very quickly for fifteen minutes, and have done the interviews largely over Zoom or all of that, right? So it's a pretty remote first uh, organization. But more than the organization, I think how people have come together and gelled, and you know, not just Raj and me, right? The whole team has background in education. Everybody is passionate about education. I mean. business is an aside for a lot of people but everybody is really uh, passionate about education so that was another part right like in india people talk about marriages and how it is marriage of families i think when two teams decide to work with each other it is similar like it's not just hey i am leading this team you are leading this team we gel together but it also the teams that have to really work together they had complementary skill sets and uh, that's how uh, in uh, around april may I guess April is when we really started jamming ideas together, and we made things official in July. Now that I'm thinking like it, almost feels like marriage. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> But how does that lead to this uh, idea of doing this MBA substitute? Where did you all identify? How did you all identify this need? And wh- what was that process like of identifying the problem? Yeah. So when we started exploring ideas together, right? we we were pretty sure because we met in an online learning community and we saw what it could do right it brought raj and me together it it helped us connect with people who i mean we have met people from latam from us from europe uh, from singapore all through that particular online learning community and that really opened our ideas to the possibilities of what learning communities could achieve right especially those that are built on top of internet because they just flatten the world in some sense we went really deep and i think raj went uh, raj more so in the philosophical aspect of learning communities how they form you know who are the geeks who are the mobs uh, who are the fanatics and there are all these wonderful terms about evaporative cooling effect in the context of learning communities and uh, you know how every new member that gets gets added to the community actually lowers the quality of the community and what community could do to sustain quality so we i think the first uh, first thing that we really did and did really well was just understood how learning communities are created how they could be sustained and how could uh, how how they can grow right and once we had developed that solid understanding of how this phenomenon works then we said hey how do we deploy this and our first instinct was hey we understand how this works right why can't we build 
on top of someone else's brand let us reach out to folks who probably have audience already and help them create their own communities and if if you still go back to questo.substack.com you will see the post where we are writing about edu creators uh, people who are in the business of learning but are creators uh, in some sense right so for example channels like economics explained on youtube now if you go to his patreon uh, for the effort this person is putting into running that channel i don't think patreon is doing really well for him so our first instinct was hey can we find all these interesting people who are in the business of learning but are not and i think both raj and me have had that experience right where you could be passionate about education but <laughs> it is really tough to make money out of it right? <laughs> unless you like unless you sell the soul so as to say right so so our right. first instinct was we understand learning communities there are these folks who we can help create their own learning communities and make their uh, learning business sustainable so let's go and do that so we ended up meeting a bunch of folks we worked with somebody who was a master chef australia we worked on uh, we worked with somebody uh, who is a ceo of a branding big, big branding firm in india and all of these people wanted to create their communities teaching something that they were expert at right and when we actually look back we also sort of created a whole list of about 2000 youtube channels who we could help create you know like all these people who we could help create learning communities reached out to a lot of folks just cold emailing this and that right and uh, we ended up doing about five communities right and in the process what we realized is uh you know doing one program takes a lot of hard work just from you know generating leads getting your curriculum right to delivering that experience and doing that again and again right it is it is a lot of hard work and it cannot be done if this is like the third or fourth important thing in the person's life if he's already let's say ceo of a firm it's very tough for that person to i mean we were practically working on their timelines right so they could say hey i can't take meeting this week so it gets pushed to next week it gets pushed to next week and we are waiting and of course we because by that time these two families have sort of met there was a payroll to be met for six five six people right uh, of course we had raised a small round of funding way back in april but again the meter was ticking so as to say right uh, and what really uh, one of the interesting things that happened that time we also met john danner uh, through transcend network because he was one of the guest speakers at transcend and we started i mean we were fortunate that john gave us his time and we had uh, two or three calls with him where we explained him the customer discovery process that we are going through and one of the conversations really uh, sort of went wild where we told him that hey we are doing this program for somebody to create a curriculum around yoga business so a lot of people in i mean not just in india but worldwide today have yoga trainer certification right so there are a lot of yoga trainers mm. but it's incredibly hard to build a yoga business and when we started he- helping this person to create that yoga business curriculum essentially a learning community around how to build yoga business and we were we were telling john hey we are doing this we are doing this yoga business thing and that conversation really led to hey can we do business education curriculums for all sorts of folks right why just yoga business why can't it be shopify owners why can't it be church leaders why can't it be uh, let's say somebody who wants to run a baking business and if you if you really see all these people have very different needs in terms of their business education a standard mba education is not for them 
first of all they are already running the business so they can't go away for two years mm-hmm. and say hey i'm going to park myself in this wonderful institution and you know in all the greenery and spend time ideating about what what the business should be the time is of course the first constant the second constant is money i mean if i had 20 lakhs i would rather be investing in running my business instead of giving it to an institution just for the brand or the network right so that was our that was our thought i mean that was the spark which led to stoa school which is uh today i think because of the internet there are a lot more people who are you know building their own businesses on top of business and uh, on top of internet and their business needs are vastly different they necessarily don't have as much time or money to invest in a formal business education and how could we solve that so uh, that was the starting point but then the next question was hey, if we really have to build this as an institution uh what is the wedge right how do where do we start and that sort of led to stoa school in the sense that let us start with people who want to break out into business roles going back to the same story right. that i spoke about right people like me were 6 12 months into that coding job absolutely hated want to move to business side how can how could we facilitate that role and that's how stoa came into picture yeah. right um so i saw on your twitter that it says that stoa is a viable alternative to expensive mba programs right and one of my first thoughts is that a lot of an mba's value is in its title it's symbolic oh this person has gone to an iim or an isb that means that it's like it's like a golden ticket right it's it's more than what their education is it's proof of their intellectual ability perhaps you could say and that's because of years that it's taken these mba colleges to grow those reputations so i was thinking how do you solve that problem for yourselves how do you um solve the how do you compete with these old colleges on a reputation level but from what i understand from what you're saying that's not the target group that you're going after you're not going after the people who would normally go to these mba colleges you're going after the people who are building real businesses already you're going after the entrepreneurial types the you know the younger hustler types than the mba the general mba candidate am i right about that uh so again i mean this is the question of market right what is the market that right. we are going after right i think there uh there is a spectrum of people who would benefit from stoa at scale right let, let me okay. first say that now the mba itself people who are who are very serious about doing mba right nrf data is there on their website you should i mean anybody who is interested in business education should go and check it out i think the business of business education is broken right almost 250k people i mean 2 and 1/2 lakh people do mba every year right if you look at the median income that people get out of mba colleges i think only 10000 people make more than 10 lakh rupees okay that is the nrf data and this is uh, i think if i'm not wrong nrf data is self declared so this is self declaration by colleges saying our people make so much right is more of a declaration of our people don't make much then our people actually make much mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so about 10000 people out of these 2.5 lakh people make more than 10 lakhs there is another 10000 people who make more than 5 lakhs and after that it is a pretty steep fall i think not more than 40000 people 
out of these 250 i mean 2.5 lakh people actually make more than 2 lakhs out of their mba degree okay, okay. so i think we need to look at mba in a different light i mean of course we are not going after somebody who wants to go to imba bc mm. we are sure we won't be able to convince them at least now right mm. that is one second as i said business education or doing business is a core fundamental aspiration for almost everybody everybody in life at some point of has thought MBA karna right hmm. and it is a very leaky funnel by the way not everybody who thinks of doing MBA actually does MBA so if you just looked at LinkedIn data and you go to let's say campaign and search for people who are in business roles without MBA degree I think there are a ton of I mean there are crores of people who are in business roles without business education and a lot of these people are stuck right so for example how many salespeople have you met who are stuck in their low paying sales jobs because they can't communicate well. Hmm. And then there is the third large segment, which is all the people who are in tech or, you know, non-business roles who want to move to business roles, right? And a section of these, of course, want to start their own business. So that is how we look at the market. People who want to pursue MBA, people who are in business roles, but haven't pursued MBA, people who are not in business roles but want to move to business roles of course this is the largest segment and within that of course there are these people who have already started their business right so this is probably something that you all have had to think about while on this journey what do you think are the main reasons for people to get a business education why do you think people go down that road I think we can start with Aditya right like uh, the good part is that Aditya already has an MBA so he will probably um, give you an insider's perspective of people who've been through an MBA program and uh, then I'd like to definitely talk about what a perspective is for an outsider right like someone who doesn't have that formal uh, perspective into education sure so I have two comments to make right first I think in every MBA interview right, the college interview, people who are applying get asked this, like, are asked this question, right, why MBA, right, hmm. and I think most people prepare an answer for that question, but the answer is more fundamental, uh, and it is a mix of confusion and aspiration, right, confusion, because if you're not pursuing, you're not going to pursue MS outside, and I mean, that is the gateway to, let's say, a US uh, green card or whatever, if you're not going, you're not going to go outside and you want to pursue better education in India at postgraduate level, MBA is the only option, right? And it is an extension of that four year engineering degree. So when we get into engineering, people are confused, people don't know what they want in life, right? And for people, a lot of people who don't figure out in those four years what they want, MBA is an extended two year, you know, place to explore yourself. I mean, and uh, and it comes with aspiration, right? Because there is a brand value to going to an IIN, there is a brand value to going to an ISB, uh, and all of that. And you actually uh, meet very interesting people, right? Like me, um, I mean, some of my best friends, I've met them in IIN Bangalore. And uh, I, there is also quick comparison, right? In the sense that what CAD does is CAD does filtering very well. So it says, hey, I'm going to bring these peers who are all wonderful in their own ways together through this filtering mechanism of CAT, right? Whereas what we 
or we believe at store is it shouldn't be filtering it should be curation how can i get 25 most interesting people together irrespective of where they fall on the spectrum of their cat scopes right so curation versus filtering uh, that is one but yeah i think going back to your question about mba degree right there are i think three or four core aspects to mba the first is the network itself right when you go to an iim you get access to a network the second as you said is the signaling when you meet somebody and you say yeah, i am from iim x or whatever it it sort of projects to the other person that he like you know uh this person is something special and i think in our customer interviews a lot of people have told us that they feel that they are on the back foot that they are underconfident when the other person has the mba degree or has the degree from one of these uh big colleges right so network signal third is the learning and peer net, i mean the learning itself right i i i do think the business education that happens in iim has a lot of value right uh, there is a lot of value you get to you get that luxury of two years to really build your mental models around how businesses are built and all of that so i would say these are the three reasons network signal learning and the traditional thought process in edtech has been that these cannot be decoupled right like all three have to be together to make an education model work and maybe with stoa we are questioning like do you do you need all of these in similar proportions do everybody like does everybody need that but yeah i mean raj over to you right i think that what aditya talked about aspiration is Absolutely right. And I think when when people are eighteen, uh, right, most most folks, especially in India, have a very sheltered uh, view of the world, right? Like everyone's told them science करना है, science के बाद engineering में जाना है. So everyone thinks that that is the way to go. That is how I can become prosperous. But once people are one two years into their uh, first job, let's say. there is a sense of uh, either stagnation right or not really liking what you want to do uh, not 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 really liking what you're doing right now right uh, and the career track when it comes to technical stuff or what happens is that you get exposed to more business functions right when you're in college or when you're in school uh, you pretty much have very little exposure to uh, economy as such right or the world of business what flies around in the world of business but once you're working in a company what happens is that you see that there is a sales uh, vertical there is a marketing vertical there are people who decide the strategy right there is corporate governance that is happening uh, there are business owners then there are managers who are reporting to so much dynamism there's so much structure that the whole world view sort of goes you know expands 10 times in in terms of what you can successfully do you're no longer restricted to being a programmer or an engineer and as you realize that you can uh, be effective uh, in life and whatever you're doing by doing things other than being you know technical bro right so i think that realization uh, it's something that i really resonate with because I had no idea that I could probably put my strengths to use in so many different uh, areas. I think that realization is something that 
a lot of people go through at that uh, early, in their early 20s at, at the cusp of the end of college and moving into a professional sort of starting their career sort of a junction right and that sort of tips people over into doing an MBA because MBA is like this this bundle this, this whole package which promises you that uh, you that you will become uh, you will grow a business brain right in, in essence that is what the promise of an MBA is you will know everything about business and you will become you know eventually become prosperous because this knowledge uh, because this knowledge that you that you possess and yeah I think that's that's the motivation right for most people in their early 20s to, to jump into an MBA uh, education is is definitely a part of it but I think it's mostly curiosity it's scratch, scratching an itch right that is very visible to, to you uh, yeah that's 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 what I think about this because yeah, in fact the, the question right to to Aditya and uh, Noah right how many people do you know of who at the age of 18 wanted to do an MBA right versus at the age of uh, 21 22 hmm. what was it like uh, during your time in college or, or now Yeah, I don't think most people know that they want to do an MBA when they get into college. But towards the end of it, towards the end of their time at college, I guess a lot of people start to realize that shit, I haven't figured it out yet. And like Aditya said, that made a lot of sense that it's two more years for interesting people to try, interesting smart people to try to figure their lives out. So yeah, I I can totally see that trend. That makes sense. And, and, And one of the interesting things about MBA, right? Uh, and I, I think this is peculiar to India is it starts with that better 10th karlo then everything is sorted right and then it is 11th 12th karlo then everything is sorted then achche college mein chale jao undergrad mein it is sorted there it is people start telling them main achche college se MBA kar lunga, then it is sorted right and people come out on the other side in fact it is very interesting what happens once you get inside an MBA college right for example, I had no idea about, let's say, iBanking and what, what it is and consulting and the world of finance and all of that. Uh, I mean, of course, superficial idea about what BCG, McKinsey, Goldman Sachs and all of that is there. But once you get inside, <laughs> your mind sort of opens up to all these uh, new opportunities, so as to say. And even when you come out and when you're in first job... I think it would be interesting to see how many people switch jobs, right? When they come out of MBA and how many people end up switching their first job in first year. In fact, we were talking to somebody who was uh, who was leading a finance company which sponsors people for foreign MBA, right? And he made a very interesting point. Let's say I feel today that I want to be doing this and MBA is the pathway. That person starts preparing for CAD, GMAT, whatever. So it, it is a year's journey. In some case, it is two years. Then you actually land up at a college and the college charges you a bomb. So you spend another two years right at college trying to figure out how am I going to pay this back? Because by that time on your mind, what you thought of when, when like attempting to do MBA, that is no more what is top of the mind. That right? is how do I pay this back? You spend another two, three, maybe four years paying back the loan. And then finally, maybe by that time, if you're not married already, you don't have kids, you don't have EMI, then you actually have mind space to go back to like how you started the whole journey. 
like so uh, it, it's a <laughs> it's a wild animal nba i would say but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but okay fine so you've explained to some extent the philosophical aspect of it to me what happens then both from a philosophical and a practical point of view after you figured out that okay this is something that we think is interesting we think it's an interesting challenge um business education for everybody what what happens then so i think the the moment we had a, a hunch that we might be on to something like first thing was to not run towards it but to be a bit skeptical and to actually confirm that this was a problem worth dedicating you know the next 5 10 years of our lives sort of getting uh, solving right solving the problem um, so thankfully over the last few years i had developed a bunch of uh, i have developed a good following on twitter so what i did was dropped a few questions here and there uh, you know one of the one of the tweets that i put out was like uh, of the lines of you know i went from a uh, technical background to a business background and uh, it was it was pretty adventurous it was a pretty scary journey right is anyone in my audience looking to do the same is anyone in my audience in an engineering role looking to get an mba or uh, move into a business role hit me up let's let's talk and uh, to our surprise i think more than 100 150 people actually reached out saying hey raj Uh, you know what? I am stuck in let's say an engineering role. I've just left my job, um, and I'm thinking of taking an MBA or I'm already doing a course somewhere or the other. And after like doing, I think two three interviews a day uh, uh, for fifteen twenty days in a stretch, we came out of it with conviction. Right? Not only was it a hunch that there was a problem here. there was an unmet need but we also uh, realized that this is bigger than we thought it was and that we should probably put our heads down um, understand all the personas all the, the the buckets that you can put people in uh, and then go about picking a uh, particular category that you think would be a good category to start off with and yep like roll it out Right, that that is that is how we sort of went about um, the process from the time we realized this is probably something we can do to um, gaining that conviction that we got a new. And I think one thing that we did after these interviews was actually run few workshops, right, on a standalone basis, and see what pedagogy is going to work, what kind of learning method is going to work. Can peer to peer actually work on a Zoom call? uh you know just trying to understand how technology is going to play a role in this whole experience i think couple of quick anecdotes from those interviews right what came out of those interviews is a lot of times it is explicitly said to people who haven't had formal business education is ye business decision hai tujhe nahi samjhega right how many engineers have heard that like or a designer right how many times have they heard in their job role that this has already been decided by the business team you won't get it right we in fact met a, a founder of a company and it's a three people founding team and he said hey i feel pretty dumb you know i feel like i'm not contributing enough when these business guys are talking about gtm and this and that right and so uh, 
I think inherently people want to have a voice in the conversation when business discussions happen, even if they are not in business roles. And we ended up discovering that persona because of these interviews. Yes, but yeah, and then it was. I mean, once we had done the interviews, we had run few workshops. Then the next question was, how are we going to put the whole structure around the curriculum? And you know, and then of course Raj will talk about how we went about the launch and getting first few users. But, yeah. So once we. Uh ran the workshops right once we had uh, an understanding that this is a model that is going to going to work i think uh, given our experience in education one lesson that stood out to us was that education is entirely uh, a business of trust right when when people send their kids to iits or bits uh, when my parents sent me to bits um I'm sure that they did not have you know, a nitty-gritty level understanding of what the what what would be taught in the institute, where the professors got their PhDs from, and so on. All they knew was that they had heard from a lot of people that uh, that this was a good place to you know start off your uh, journey. And um, what we tried to do was try to figure out what takes to build trust right in an educational brand uh spend some time studying other brands talking to a lot of brand consultants and uh, at the end of the exercise that is when i think we we cycled through uh, hundreds of naming suggestions multiple logos color scheme what not to then land on to the name and the identity that we currently have because that is the standing point that is the starting point right um, to to anything and everything and then i think we we did spend a considerable amount of time trying to get the uh, messaging messaging right right because unlike um, the k12 segment that is byju's and wider uh, junior topper this is a segment of adult education right like you're you're directly selling um to the people who will actually be going through the experience so that's that involves a completely different way of marketing of putting your message across right um, you cannot for example tell a 23 year old that hey you're going to get a job at google and then not deliver on that promise right so we have to sort of figure out what our positioning is what our brand voice is going to be like and uh, one thing that we also discovered through the process of uh, the customer discovery as well as our personal journey is that a lot of educational institutes right now um, the vibe right like broadly put the vibe that they give out is is pretty outdated right so the one thing that we knew was that although we we as stoa wanted to be um, an institution rather than a startup right we we wanted to be an institution yet we wanted to have a fresh voice we wanted to reach out and appeal to young folks right uh, in their own language so it was pretty much a tight rope walk getting that the, the branding we tried and trying to get best of both worlds in there but once we realized we had that um once we realized we had that wedge into the market uh, we of course got on board very very Interesting, and we are now folks in the startup ecosystem. 
right? Uh, so Richa was the founder of Zivame. Naveen Pandramitra, Vaibhav from Better Capital was funded the hottest fintech startups right now in the country. Um, once we got on board, you know, credible names, uh, we realized that man, buying this for the price point and the time duration that we're offering it at would be a no-brainer to everyone. Once we were convinced that we ourselves would buy, we ourselves would pay the full ticket amount to get into and uh, get into this, this experience and undergo that experience. That was the point where we realized that, okay, now we have to take it out to the people, right? And uh, parallelly on Twitter, built up a lot of hype, right? Um, just surprising. It was, uh, I think, people trying things out, of course, but turned out that it really struck a chord with people, right? Even the hype itself really struck a chord with people. And uh, at the day of the launch, when we put out the launch tweet, I very well remember this was the 2nd of October, right? Gandhi Jayanti holiday, uh, around 7.30 p.m. is when we put out the, the, the tweet thread detailing our experiences and putting, putting out our story of why we're doing um, what we're doing at store, why we're tackling the problem in the way we're tackling it, right? It just blew up. It, it blew up to such an extent that we were getting calls from friends, from family, um, from a lot of people who wanted to invest uh, in, in the idea because they liked the problem that we're solving. Right? It was it was intense. I think um, the the one and a half month that has passed since then has felt like almost a year. Right? We have pretty much, I think, individually and as a company, gone up a few notches just because of the love that people have uh, have shown us with. And I believe that it is because we got the underlying why we got the underlying message right and uh, got people to trust us somehow. Right? Um, at this point of time, we have more applications that we can sort of deal with for the, the next few quarters to come. Right? And um, we're in an incredibly good place because of the research, the, the, the research that we sort of put in, the two months of research that we and uh, yeah, I think we probably ended up discovering uh, even more um, about the user personas through our application process. We had, uh, in fact, the CEO of a publicly listed company. Right? I don't want to name the company, but a CEO of a publicly listed company who applied. And at, at that point of time, we thought that we were being pranked. Right? Uh, we thought that people were just pulling our leg. But few days on, when we actually realized that this is legit, we were shook, right? Because uh, that's something that we did not really expect. Um, so we started off with a very, very narrow segment. People who have two years of experience in technical jobs, who want to make a shift uh, into a business role. And we landed up with like a gold mine of a market. Right? That is pretty much how it went. And I think this is a lesson for everyone to take that doing your research right, getting your initial uh, messaging across very well, investing in that, right? You can only launch once, right? Uh, once people hear of you, they've already developed an impression of you. So you better get it right. Once we sort of nail that, 
we were on the highway that that's being shifted to gears that is how i would put it and if anyone who sort of listening here and wants to sort of replicate this in any other market let's say right do your customer search right do your branding right it is something that we as indians do not spend a lot of time on branding and i think branding is more of an oversight ki chalo let's focus on our product branding to baad mein dekh lete hain right but in a services business such as education that is the first thing that you have to focus on right because a lot of people are used to scams such as iipm so when you say that hey he has an alternative business education thing first thing that gets on people's mind is iipm anandam chaudhary uh but if you want to overcome that you have to sort of money right and uh, and that is what we did well and it's it's the same of congrats man like i want to congratulate both of you on that um we'll get through a few more questions before we finish this firstly um tell me about each of your roles currently at stoa and also about the most interesting challenge you think you have faced so far in this journey we can start with you aditya yeah so i look at uh, the learning side of things right then the internal operations because how the cohort experiences who gets in how do we make sure that we deliver on the promises that we have made on the outside and raj of course leads our marketing and growth and the branding aspect of it we are in fact as a company we wanted to be a, want to be a content first company right so you will soon see a lot more content that is being put out from stoa side and I, i mean because we stand for accessible business education we probably want to put out a lot more content out for free we in fact want to sort of do content in a way where if somebody wants business education they can get content for free from stoa but they only pay us if they want to have the experience of being part of stoa uh so yeah i mean that is largely the role we have also had couple of incredible people join in on the journey sharmat uh, is our third co-founder he uh, looks at again productizing some of the things that we are doing uh a friend uh batchment of mine from bits has already joined in ops role so that is sort of under wraps uh but yeah as a team i think we are pretty sorted uh, really in a good place uh, yeah raj anything you want to add i, I think uh, i want to talk about the role of the community because that is something that i i am i've been looking at uh, not enough not enough folks in india focus on building an audience around uh, your offering building you know not only not only getting followers on social media right i think that's a very narrow minded view of uh, what an audience is, but the captive audience people who are excited about what you're doing uh, what your journey is like so i i sort of see to it that um, people go from being out, outside store to inside store and that's how i would sort of uh look at my role as it makes a growth in community uh, with community being like a very strong part of whatever we do it's inside to our outside uh, store got a few interesting uh projects lined up there which we will be launching next quarter so yeah like super excited about like our, our individual sort of thing and what do you think is the most interesting challenge you have faced so far in this journey 
I think it finally boils down to delivering on the promises, right? Or I mean, at least the expectation, living up to the expectation. That is the challenge because uh, I think, as Raj mentioned, we probably don't want to land up as the next Arindam Chaudhary <laughs> to just uh, put it uh, that way, right? But no, I think it is about um, how do we build this as an institution, right? We don't want to be. Right we don't want to be perceived as a startup, right? Uh, right? We are building this as a 21st century mobile first university. And typically if you see universities that are get built, that, that are getting built even today, they typically at the start have a endowment of what 200, 300 crore at the minimum to get started. Whereas we are building this on a bare bones, uh, so as to say, I mean, we are getting funded by the students, so as to say, right, to build this university. Uh, and that is going to be an interesting challenge, not not just in the short term, but also in the long term, is how do how does the institution become big and what role we play. But my guess is there will be a lot more people, people who go through the experience, who will play a much bigger role in building this as an institution that then let's say Raj or me, individually will play but yeah I, I look at that as a challenge i think i think for me uh what i've realized is that a lot more people want what we're offering at this point of time that we can cater to and uh i really want us to get to a position where we can actually open the gates up to everyone um and and help people out right i think in the in the entire or uh, even you know, like general Twitter Janta conversations, the term signaling is thrown around a lot. Um, right, like IITs, IIMs, BITs, I think these institutes are all about signaling. That is, they did they do well because um, they're so hard to get into. Right, I wouldn't call ex educational experience that they get there get students get there to be stellar. Is just the curation in the peer group that that they get there, right? But what we would want to do, in fact, I mean, is not to close our gates and be like, you know, we take in only point zero 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 one percent of people who apply. That's that's not what Aditya and I and Sharma and the rest of the team are here to do. We're not here to create more gatekeepers, right? We don't want to be one. We want to get to a position where we can actually let people want a better future for themselves come in and uh, get that right so scaling um, getting a model operational model in place that can really take in all the demand um, that is I think one of the biggest challenges we're facing right now and that's probably a very unique challenge I, I think not many around the world have cracked this uh, as far as I know no one else in India is even looking to approach this problem the, the way we are so yeah super excited to to actually like innovate right like using the power of the internet technology psychology practices and education peer-to-peer -peer learning all of that smashed it together uh pretty exciting times thanks to the challenges that we have good and these are good challenges to have and I think uh, Tiago put uh, Tiago put out a tweet uh, the other day, right, saying every new feature that Zoom releases 
sort of unlocks the possibility of what can happen in a learning community online and <laughs> we are pretty much on that side of things right like like if you can do self select breakout rooms oh wow now i can do something new in 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 terms of learning and community right so uh, i think technology is rapidly changing uh, with sort of like under i mean which is the foundation of all these online learning communities and with each iteration what we can do what the model could be how many people could we serve all of that just changes by by an order of magnitude so really excited uh, thinking about that in, in fact the the software that we're using internally and that is what like the world uh, is just is just in the wild for the last few months like we're using tools that are super new when it comes to unlocking possibilities of what can be done uh, on a peer to peer basis so it's it's pretty bleeding edge um even from an edtech sort of perspective right so yeah i mean i i cannot imagine uh cannot imagine what we can pull off because in the next coming years because technology is changing so fast right like who knows like what all evolves Right. I want to get to my last question but before that I have this probably that will be a very clickbaity little thing that we can release for promo that I think a lot of people would care about. Um Raj this is for you. How do you grow um 4000 plus followers on Twitter? How do you grow Twitter? How do you grow your social media presence? By by being uh, fucking interesting. Right, by being fucking interesting and being helpful, being extremely helpful at at the very same time. Now these are, I mean, one of them. Well, it takes a lifetime of effort uh, to get there, but the other is something that all of us, all of us can can practice. Right, like being helpful is something that is uh, that that is pretty much like I think given the best return on investment, so to say. What do you mean though? What do you mean by being helpful? What I mean by being helpful is just uh, is not turning anyone around, right? Like I think uh, there are many ways in which you can help people out. One way is by actually having a conversation one on one with someone, helping them out, connecting them to people who uh, do not have time or be willing to help them out. That is one thing. The other thing is creating content, right? I think. Twitter is not looked at as something that is, you know, content creation. So to say, it's more of a social media platform at this point in time. But if you use Twitter right, uh, you can actually help people at scale, right? Like, since I get to hear a lot about what problems people face in, in my DMs, I think putting out few tweets, few sharp tweets about giving insight to people about. um what they can do in their careers what they can do you know in general to learn learn more right like to take advantage of the internet i think few sharp insights directions for people in terms of tweets can really help people uh you know and i think now that i'm thinking about it the 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 third thing is that you have to be doing things which others are not doing. have to be taking on risks which others find really 
too risky to take. Now, I'm not saying that you will be successful with every risk that you take, but people like to watch a good show. Right? People like mm. watching ups and downs of other people because they find it uh, too intense to sort of undergo it by themselves. Right? So people love living vicariously through other people's adventures, uh, and I think mean, just have to provide it. Okay, fine. So I'll get to my last question, and probably um, I want like a very practical answer to this. What should people expect from the Stoa experience, and also where do you all see this in five years? Those are my last two questions. So I think there are two aspects to this, right? And uh, it goes back to whatever we have discussed previously about why people do MBA. One is the learning itself. right and and that is pretty much the aspect that we take care of which is we make sure that you have a curriculum uh, you have learning experiences that make sure that you grow a business brain right but the second part i feel is more personal about this journey this 12 week even though it is part time and it is 15 hours a week it feels like it's not much but it is pretty intense we have seen even when we did the workshops that when people go through the 60 75 minute group conversation they're not dumb consumers right in the sense that content is not not being thrown at them in any of our sessions they're actively participating and that process is physically mentally exhausting for a lot of people right and that is why the second aspect of this journey is really personal where we want to uh, where we want people to take ownership of personal discovery right a lot of conversations at interview stage or even now are about hey where do i go next right what comes next should i start again like we have people who have failed at building businesses who want to start again there are people who have never done businesses who want to start again there are people who are in hardcore software jobs who want to shift to business world so a lot of people have this question on their mind is where do i go next right and we want this process to be a solution to that question and to towards doing that towards that personal discovery is where you have to force and i think indians are pretty bad at this is we can't just reach out to a person and say hey can we have a 30 minute conversation right we typically want to engage in conversations where we have a lot to take but we are not willing to give right so that is the second part of what people can expect from the whole stoa journey is we will push them out of their comfort zone to make sure that some sort of personal discovery some sort of personal clarity is getting built which means you need to be participative in the community you need to be talking to people you need to be being vulnerable right i i think that is the word so i think people can expect that stoa as a space will allow them to be vulnerable to say that hey i don't understand this i don't get it can you help me right so those are the two aspects i think one is the business education the learning itself the second is this personal discovery through being vulnerable through building trust within the community and i think if first happens it is good right but if both these happen then it's just going to be great right 
uh, in terms of where do we see ourselves five years from now as i said uh, we want to be that institution we want to be a university which caters to diverse students diverse interests and if we get our operational model right i guess we will end up creating accessible business education not just for let's say folks in bangalore and people who are very tech savvy but people in tier 2 towns of india people in tier 3 towns of india uh, in fact one of the interesting thing that has happened through applications is we have received few applications from other asian countries uh, uh, i mean you know and want to be there right we want to become that 21st century mobile first business education university for asia and maybe africa we don't know <laughs> so i think i think for me uh, one thing i really believe in is that learning happens um, when you are learning happens best when you are in an environment which is comforting which is supportive uh, while you face circumstances which are uh, challenging right so learning needs a mix of comfort and challenges and we would want stoa to be that place right people get a place to belong to yet uh, people are you know presented with challenges that help them uh, learn right so because learning learning is a painful process no learning has ever come easy you can ask people who appear the wisest out there you no know, go go ask kunal chawla perhaps in our i am pretty sure they've been through some stress experiences in in their life that has got them to that clarity that they currently have right we just want people to uh, we just want to provide people a comfortable environment an accepting environment um place that they can call home right while they go through uh, all the sort of adversities that well life has to throw at all of us right so that's that's what i look at stoa as uh, as as cool well um i mean it's it's been a great conversation and i think that at the start of this i didn't have as much clarity about what y'all were trying to do as i do now and it honestly it i i get it like i, I think what y'all are doing is very cool and i wish you both the best of luck with it yeah thank you noah thanks a lot thank you for this thanks noah Thank you so much for watching that episode. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to like and subscribe and share this with all your friends. See you in the next one.